The reading is from Matthew chapter 21, verses 33 through 46. It's on page 803 of your pew Bible. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to the tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it's amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces and will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they realized that he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they felt, feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Beloved of God, grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, for our third graders who have been learning about the Bible and who are getting their first Bibles, it's probably safe to say this won't make it on their list of favorite passages. It's probably safe to say that most of us hearing the scripture today might be a little confused or bewildered or perplexed. This passage today comes after a few other passages where Jesus is being questioned about his authority. And in those previous passages, Jesus also responds with parables or stories where he tries to explain that it's not important where he gets his authority, but what is being done. And by the end of this parable or story, Jesus is trying to get the point across when they still don't get it. And what they don't get is exactly what God is up to. Jesus is here to show us once and for all that we are loved infinitely, without condition, and without wrathful violence. When Jesus asks the crowd in this story, 
what will the landowner do to those tenants who did all those awful things? We hear a response that was very typical for the culture of that time. An eye for an eye, a punishment for a punishment, violence for violence. They did the landowner wrong, so the landowner will do wrong to them. That was the easy answer for the listeners to give. But is it the easy answer? With Jesus, it's not that answers aren't easy. It's that we have to be ready for the unconventional response. And that is still true for us today. But before we can understand Jesus' unconventional answer, we need to see ourselves in this text. And I think the connection might be more obvious than we might think. Because it seems we haven't made it very far from that culture of violence for violence. I think about phrases like, they've got what's coming to them, or they'll get what they earn. And this retribution attitude pulls us into and perpetuates that culture of violence. I think about common idioms that we use. We're going to pull the trigger. I'll take a stab at it. Did we jump the gun? We have to pick our battles. Let's roll with the punches. Or I'm going to take a shot in the dark. These common phrases also perpetuate our culture of violence. But of course, it's not just our cultural values of retribution or our cultural phrases of these idioms that pull us into that violence. It's far more wide-reaching and far-ranging than that. As we read news from the violence in the Middle East, as we remember the violence against Native people, even as we celebrate and honor them tomorrow on Indigenous Peoples Day, we're surrounded by reminders that violence is pervasive in our culture, and we have a part in that. There are also less obvious ways that we're part of this culture of violence. And one of those less obvious ways is our participation in a culture that always prioritizes gain and wealth for our own sake. In this culture, we strive to make more and more money, buy more and more things, and create a safety net of resources for ourselves. This is driven by our scarcity mindset economy. And it drives us to worry about ourselves more than others. And in doing so, we act violence upon others by keeping valuable resources from them that we don't need. And we perpetuate cycles of poverty, homelessness, and oppression. Jesus has something to say about this less obvious culture of violence in the text today. 
because he alludes to a chapter in Isaiah, chapter 5, where we hear things like, woe to those who join house to house and who add field to field until there is no room for anyone. And woe to those who do not regard the deeds of the Lord or see the work of his hands. And suddenly we're reminded, like the tenants in this story, that we tend to hoard our profits and gains for our own well-being instead of acknowledging them as the work of God's hands. And this, too, perpetuates the culture of violence. But just as quickly as our attention is brought to this culture of violence in the text and in our own lives, Jesus redirects the conversation. And here now is Jesus' unconventional answer. He redirects the conversation away from power and violence and hierarchy and toward himself, God incarnate, God with us. Here he is. Here's Jesus. Some may say he is the landowner's son in this parable. And he's here to upend power structures that perpetuate violence and fear and show us a new way. A way where we can understand that violence cannot be met with violence, but only with humble vulnerability and unconditional love. Violence may be done by others to God, and it may be done by others in the name of God, but violence is not God's doing, and it is certainly not God's will. God is a God of love, unconditional, abundant, for all, in all, through all kind of love. And God doesn't want you to live in fear. Not in fear of violence you've committed or violence that's been committed against you. Rather, God desires love to be manifested in relationship with you, in you, and for you. We can hear this humble vulnerability, receive these gifts of grace at the table and the font, And we can be a people who respond from a place of liberation. We can lean into the people, places, and moments in our life that reflect God's unconditional love for all. Beloved of God, when we receive God's humble vulnerability and unconditional love, we are set free. When we hear, feel, and embody this grace, we can work for peace and justice for all of creation, one of our baptismal promises. We can live counterculturally, and we can work for nonviolence. We can give away our bounty instead of hoarding it, and we can act out of abundance instead of scarcity. We can give love and receive love without bounds.
we are called to be a people that can see Jesus' way of peace and love and boldly proclaim, this is the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Thanks be to God. Amen.